Speaking of special days, we didn't even cheers yet with these oh, lovely yeah. mimosas you brought over oh. for us. Cheers oh, to I didn't realize I was going to be bubble the buzz today. Yeah, you know. Guitar, guitar, where is my guitar? 200 episodes, everybody look at us. Look at us, us. it's 200 episodes. I feel like we need like those, you know, those like New Year's things. Mm -hmm. Those uh, kazoos and uh, blowers. Yeah, kazoo with like the fringies hanging off of it. Potty poppers and whatnot. Oh, how many accents are we going to throw around the world? Uh, Well, I know for a fact, based on the Dave's doc I have coming, that there's going to be one. Spoiler alert. That's just to tickle your fancy. Another spoiler alert. Gearbuds podcast episode 200. You knew that from the title and from the fact that there are 199 of these. Although, actually, I think they're already like 203. Who's counting? I have a question for our listeners. Have you listened to every two, every 200 episode? Is there anyone out there that can yeah, say? you've listened to every single one. I bet there might be a few folks. Shoot us a line. Let us know. Show us receipts. <laughs> Listening receipts. Prove it. Oh, oh, Nirvana's your favorite band? Name 74 albums. Yeah. Never mind, huh? Hmm. hmm. How about it? Whatever. Gearbuds podcast episode 200. I just want to say it like five more times because that is that's a momentous, wonderful, giant, impressive, scary number. I'm proud of us, buddy. I'm proud of us, too. Yeah. It's we, cool. It's We've talked into mics once a week for a long time. It's fun that we can keep track of the numbers, too. Like, if you had to go back and guess, like, how many shows have you ever played, or even with, like, a specific band, Mm -hmm. you kind of lose track of that stuff, because you just do it, you know, you do it every weekend or whatever. Yeah. And then you kind of go, ah, you take a few weeks off, you play a few this month. But this is like, we have a physical number that we can read, and that's 200. That's a good point. I bet there's probably at least 200 good points that you've made in each one in one of the least at blast maybe the best point i've made in all 200 episodes who knows maybe someone needs to go back and listen to every single one and take freaking notes let's get it in the symphony of corrections because this is your weekly reminder cables are tone tubes and also a weekly thank you from the bottom of our hearts collectively gear buttedly thank you we we wouldn't do this without you Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Subscribe at the stuff, follow at the stuff, email at the stuff, gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, the Gearbuds Reverb Shop, go buy my amps, because that's pretty much all that's up there right now, and some weird pedals, I think, but almost all the other stuff is sold. You got amps up there? Got the freaking SVT. I oh, got yeah. the freaking trainer keyboard amp. Oh, yeah. I'm going to probably list a couple, four, five, six more things coming up the one of these days i got the time for it what's the update on the vt40 dude i just gotta go pick it up i we haven't played we haven't played we're not we haven't played so i haven't had an excuse to go over to right. uh that part of the hood and i keep i genuinely genuinely ever until i forget until you're you say it during the podcast and you ask me i'm like sorry oh, man shit i need to go get <laughs> that and then i and it. then i forget until yeah. i edit it and i'm like oh shit but it's it's now i gotta go to work and then it's like and then i forget until well it's, now. it's been fun because like every time i show up it feels like you're playing through a different amp that's true that and has, i see has been the basement happening. out today and then i was like oh I, I i forgot about it too and i was like where's the vt40 yeah love that thing Oh, I guess it doesn't. I, I, my, my brain might be pushing it out of my memory because it doesn't want to have to deal with going and lifting it because it's ninety pounds. <clears throat> it's a hundred pounds. <sighs> uh, but buy those amps that are there because they're also wonderful sounding things. Mm, let's get into some random stuff. Cool. Did you see that there is 
a massive <clears throat> Peter Green guitar auction coming up. I might have. Well, let me refresh your yeah, memory. Yeah, refresh my memory because uh, I think I read something about an auction and I was underwhelmed with the choice of with the selection of guitars. I, I, I feel you. There's a, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, it's June 16th through 28th. If you are interested, I was going to say if you're well healed enough to participate, but that's actually kind of one of the things about this auction. So Peter Green, we've talked about him a million times. I don't even need to tell you who Peter Green is bunch of his guitars and personal artifacts mm-hmm. and effects are being put up for auction by I believe Bonhams. Uh, it's 150 yes. guitars, but also amps, pedals and other ephemera. And there is a wide range of potential auction values of instruments. You know, there's squires, there's, there are guitars that they're, are, they're projecting at like $150, you know, going in this thing, but all the way right. up to like, multi multi thousand dollar guitars course, as well yeah. the one that seemed most interesting to me <clears throat> i think you know what i'm going to say yeah. is the 1968 white falcon yes which they I, this happens every time there's one of these celebrity auctions they put they put these estimates very low yeah like they have the uh it's all in pounds they have the estimate range for this white falcon again 68 yeah that seemed uh, low right from six to eight thousand because that's i mean a six you'd buy one right now if there was all if it was six thousand even well pound so we'll say like i mean it's a translation the 65 to 7 whatever it is right now yeah Yeah. send me that link and i'll freaking buy it they don't exist so i don't know what the deals with that but there's there's also like some a bunch of strats like a custom shop relic seafoam green strat i saw that some squire stuff uh howard roberts roberts fusion a national acoustic gnl uh strat uh, there, but there's but there's also again a bunch of like super affordable stuff including even just like handwritten notes and that is kind of cool yeah for, stuff. The, for the big fan so for the big peter green fan i'm you know of course i'm gonna i'm gonna peruse the full list once oh, it's yeah. up for auction mm-hmm. Ob- obvi. Obvi. Uh, who knows? i was like i was just playing oh well i was playing that riff from that tune uh when you got here so if you're interested in that go check it out june 16th through 28th at bottoms auctions here into that sort of thing did you see there is a fancy new glass guitar pick that has been invented i have not but i'm making the the rounds i'm interested are you i drop my picks a lot though man i feel like that'd be a hazard good good point we'll start right there all right i think it's okay i think they've developed it so it'll be pretty Pretty robust especially at that size it's going to be hard to shatter that's true and if it's like lightweight and stuff so there is this uh, Japanese team of researchers, uh, a professor named Shigeru Fujino of Kyushu University's Global Innovation Center and, and in collaboration with Kyoto Sangyo University, Ikita Picks, and Kohoku Kogioko Limited in conjunction with the United Nations International Year of Glass 2022. Uh, they've put out the statement just a couple days ago now um, that... Uh, Explain that while a pick made uh, using silica glass, which is, you know, the standard type of glass that we typically use, is unusual, the practice of making tools with silica glass is centuries old. Oh, really? I guess. The, quote, the molecular structure of silica glass makes it more durable, has better light transmission, and is highly heat and chemical resistant. Hmm. So it has a bunch of, you know, chemical properties. Sounds like a durable that are pretty strong and nice. Pick. Uh so a, a, a accompanying this 
statement was a video demonstration of the pick in action yeah. on a guitar. I have a lot of questions. And I listened. What are your questions? Well, uh, go ahead. What did, how did it sound? I bet it sounded pretty cool. My takeaway from listening to it, and again, I didn't. They didn't demonstrate it compared to just like a normal pick or whatever, which I feel like is. Did a, they do it on an electric guitar. It was an electric guitar. Okay. And my impression was that it sounded thick. These are the the four notes that I wrote: thick, rich, bright, mm. and sharp. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's. I guess that's what I think. I imagine it would sound like. Um, did they show it up close, like the construction of it? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious if like I've seen some picks that have a really like s- like a sloping beveled edge at the bottom. There was a bevel. Yeah, I would. I, it looked sort of not exactly, but I would say if you've ever seen a gravity pick, you know mm-hmm. the way that they kind of yeah. make their thicker acrylics. Uh, you you know you kind of understand this general the general. That's that's vibe. what I had hoped it would look like because I feel like just the standard like your flat fender pick or your you know whatever name name your pick brand a little dunlap yeah a little dunlap a little just your standard with like almost like the flat edge and too yeah, thin sure i feel like that with glass would be so hard right? oh no it's you it's gonna have it's to gotta have the slopey bevel, bevel situation yeah, exactly right, you're cool. totally right i like it yeah they're you know it's not like for sale or anything oh. there's no price or anything they, they just like have developed this in in association but I, I would imagine if there is interest from Outlets such as ourselves and the people that listen to podcasts like these, maybe they will make it. I don't know. And I would definitely play. A glass I would love pick to check one out, and do a review. That'd because be I used to play. I, dude, I used to be a Gravity Pikmin. I was into the. I was into the picks of Gravity, and I and I still think they sound better. They're just. It's a difficult freaking habit to maintain, man. It's like cocaine. It ain't cheap. <laughs> you know, those yeah. are expensive picks, right. and they're clear, and so you lose them you and drop them, them and stuff. I, I was better at it than you might think. And, and my little trick was that I got some of the, oh, I can't remember what it was called at the time. It was even a, pro, a project, a product. I would put a little, it's like, um, like a sex. Was, I think oh, it was called a pick grip. Okay. And it was all it was, it was literally just a little piece of basically the, the hook part of, um, Velcro. Yeah. And you, and it had with a sticky on the other side. And so it just like add a little uh, bit of grip. But also then I could see it if it fell on the floor, you know? Nice. So that was my little trick, but I would be, I would totally, I would totally do it, man. Are are they uh, just clear? Do they make different colors? The the, the one picture that they showed was clear. clear? Yeah, it was clear glass. But I would imagine one could do, you know, whatever your heart desires with, with color that can be done with glass. I like it. Maybe perhaps check out the, uh, maybe Apple plus. I can't remember what's what channel it's on the series blown away. Or yeah. Net, no Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. I've watched Big that. Big fan of that show. Yeah. The crazy part about that show is they get so close to the end and then they freaking drop the Just thing. shatter the shit. Oh my like, oh. God, dude. But they also, I, that's kind of the point, man. Like, right. It's, it, 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 Nothing's it, permanent, right? Ex- the impermanence of life, the fragility yeah. of everything that we right. do day in and day out, you have to just sort of accept it and roll with it. And that's the best. The ones who do the best in that show don't get freaked out when that happens. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. There have been some times where it happened right before the end. They couldn't do anything Dude, about it. It totally Or somebody sucks. who blew it, like they blew the circle too big so it couldn't fit back in the in the oven or whatever, you know, in the kiln. Oh, it was bigger. Box, it was bigger than the hot box opening, and then they were like, "Oh fuck!" And they had just smashed. And everything them. has very sexual names. Yes, yes. What's the one? It's literally like blowjob machine. I can't yeah. remember what it is, but it's so over the top. Like, oh, this is just straight up sexual Pink reference. Taco. So uh, we got a couple other little random things in here that I want to touch on. What else? Oh man, there's so much stuff this week. There's so much stuff. There this has week. to be. It's the 200th episode. Oh my god, I'm afraid of how beefer. It would have been funny be if we came in and been like, "Well." 
Uh, Not much to talk about yeah. this week. It's <laughs> been a short week. We've been busy. Thanks for tuning in. Oh my god, I didn't realize. Holy crap! This is, there's so much. Okay, whatever. Let's just get into it uh, even further. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Behringer, our favorite makers of ripoff slash clone, yeah. <laughs> yep. clone pieces of gear. Did you see the pedals? Uh, no, I didn't. They have shown. I believe it was just renders. I don't think it was any. Maybe it was, no. There was a physical model that yeah. they like a demo, a, a sort of alpha beta build of a Moog Moger Foger pedal. Is that the 102? The MF 102. Yeah, I saw that. Mod. Yeah, where it, which so again they've been for years now have been making stuff where it's like a Moog synth or a mm-hmm. Roland synth or whatever that they don't make anymore. It was a vintage piece or whatever where, you know, there was just They're a schematic that prices, you can get. And then you can find a cheaper alternative. They're making a very, very, very affordable, often fairly cheaply made, although they've gotten even better over the years from my experience. Mm-hmm. Not that I currently own any. I've sold all the stuff. All I've bought a few of those things yeah, and have sold them but all. But it's always been a tempting, uh, tempting thing to look because at. Because of the prices. Yeah. And so this one is extra specially tempting for me a, an, a previous owner of the moog mf102 who cashed in oh that was prices, the one you had yeah i well i had i had a few of them right that was the most expensive one i had was the delay that one i got what four figures for this one not so much but now now that i don't have one anymore what i pay, they haven't released any prices or anything but would i buy one you can bet your freaking butthole i would because yeah. those pedals are amazing and i regret not not that i regret selling it because i got a great amount for it but it's also like i do really like how they sounded yeah so i would like to have that back and you can't really get that sound anywhere else you know i've tried with other ring mods since yeah. then and, and they've all been sold right so uh, that's where that is but uh it's it's i mean it's identical in a lot of ways it looks maybe of course a little more cheaply made especially mm-hmm. from the 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 rear shop but it even has the wooden cheeks yeah on the pedal and it's yeah. still a big it has the look for metal sure. enclosure and whatnot so Oh, they're, I think they're calling it the BM-102. So they didn't have a price yet? No price, no really deep But I think the other ones date, they've done, stuff. like... And they're like it's been f- super affordable stuff. 500 range or something like that? Oh, for this pedal, I would imagine it's going to be, honestly, we can mark our episode yeah. 200 words, less than 200. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a no-brainer. Because yeah. even if it doesn't sound that cool, it's like still, like still pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. That's Randy's. Let's get into rare find of the week. Uh, how about that little turd burglar I sent you this week? Do you remember that? The little uh, the was it a, was it a junior? It was a nineteen fifty nine Gibson Les Paul Junior three quarter size. Yeah, you don't see a lot of those. It was in a cherry red and. It was wacky. It was a wacky guitar. It was kind of a parallel universe situation. Like it my was brain a little turd burglar. My brain wouldn't compute. Did you watch that? The there was a video. No, I didn't. So I, I like that feature. I like when postings have a little, like a on little, uh, reverb, right? A little reverb yeah, posting like the last video picture. deal. I love exactly. That. It was a three quarter double cut, all ridge. So junior single pickup. They made their own video. I listened to it and I was like, interesting. Yeah. It sounded cool, but it sounded. I was like, I don't think that's in standard tuning they had it tuned like standard intervals but in f sharp they had it a full a whole tone up up yeah okay interesting. which i think is interesting because it's a three-quarter scale maybe to get better tension get better tone that's or whatever. what i was thinking like it probably doesn't sound great in standard e you know? no it's gonna get all flop floppers and chunkers floppers, down yeah. there um i i noted how the uh how close the pickup is to the bridge it was, it was very hilarious that makes it turdy and and how i'm sure you also noted how low 
the bridge is mounted on the body. Yeah. It's almost down at the very base. Because they had to, you have to have the runway there. Dude, it's track. like those super turdy Epiphone SG bases yes. or EBs or whatever they call mm-hmm. them. I don't know where they put, I think it's the five string. They put the bridge like all the way down at the yep. very, very bottom. And it's like, how does that not just completely rip out and of that thin part of the body? Right. But it's only because like it'll sound better this way. With but, extra long t- tension. Yeah. But honestly, it's a pretty poor design. Yeah. Uh, I saw that it, it wasn't cheap, but I don't recall how much they were asking on that bad boy. Do you want to guess? Like was it like three grand? Oh, it's a lot more than that. Much more than that. Yeah. Five grand. Seventy one hundred. Oh, get out of here. It's a nineteen fifty nine piece of Gibby wood. All right. That you have to tune up to F sharp to make it sound good. Not selling <laughs> the farm for that. Here is five figures after tax and fees yeah. and all the all that business. That's crazy. It, I mean, I don't think it, no, it doesn't have the original case either. Strictly for a collector. That's that's almost that's that's a rare find, but it that's almost potentially gear jail on the price. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, uh, it's no, aggressive. The, the other rare find, and this is more of just like a general rare find that I feel like we haven't really talked about, and it, I've, uh, it bothers me that we've never really brought up on the show before. Really? There have been, as far as I can tell, at least two different signature Wayne's World Edition strats. This is correct. And we've never, I don't know why we haven't talked about this before, and I, I just, in my travails around the the world uh, just uh, the of the gear world and on the internet this week came across a couple and i was like wait a second and yeah did a little searching yeah did a little looking around they're based on the excalibur as, as wayne called it right of course 64 strat or whatever it was supposed to be right it was pre-cbs i remember that much and there have been two editions that i can find there was first of all a squire yeah. made in japan so yeah nice pretty pretty well regarded guitar which is interesting because when that movie came out I don't think we were making squires in Japan. Anymore. No, this was this was more of a special. Right, it was a special run. Little gem, little little diamond in the roof. Factory special run, FSR, right. if you will. Look at that. But there was also a Mexican Fender. Yeah. Which is interesting. So it's like the squire. Typically, you would always imagine, oh, that's going to be just like a, a just a cheaper, more poorly made sure. guitar. But the, in fact, the squires remain in Japan are more expensive oh, now yeah. than those the Fender Mexican ones were. Yeah, they have the the Wayne's World uh, neck plate on the exactly, back. Exactly. Yeah, yes, and they're they're like different, but similar, same but different. Uh, you can find them right now, like between five and eight hundred bucks. They're really not the squire ones. The I think the Fenders are closer to the five hundred. The yeah. Squires are closer to eight hundred. Yeah, that sounds about right. In that, in that general vicinity. It is funny though. I'm I'm like, where the hell did they make those in Japan? If they didn't really have a factory, I guess they had the at the MIJ MIJ factory. Yeah, exactly. Just under and, Squire uh, supervision. Ho- not Hoshino. Is that where? I can't remember where it is. Mm, I I couldn't tell you where it was in the nineties. Oh uh, yeah, that's that. That's really cool. Yeah, and also I, I'm just I'm just, I just I don't maybe we have and someone if you've listened to all two hundies, let us know. We might have talked about it in like episode three. Let's go back to episode three and check that out. Yeah, that'll about, be a fun one. Dude, that'll be a little weekend project. That's and by weekend, pro- I wonder. Actually, now that's a question that we need to answer. What's that? How many freaking days of content? How many days straight would it take to listen to all of the Gear Buds, Whack, Gear Hunks, Uvra? I feel like you could you could do the math pretty quick. If I'm not good with math. Well, I, we could do we could do could loose average if you just yeah, like I would an do hour average. per episode, but that's but to actually the, go add it up, right? Yeah, we got to fire up the algorithm for that. <laughs> Set an AI on Start it. Start cranking it. Uh, let's talk gear jail a little bit. Uh, nice. Let's first of all let's just get it right out of the way. Uh, I'm just going to put this generally in gear jail, and that is uh, amps blowing up, blowing up. 
which, or I, 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 I suppose blowing up might be a oh, bit boy. Hy- hyperbolic. I uh, feel like this is coming from a personal place. It's right? coming from a personal place. So I folks, because I was like, what do you talk? Oh wait, sorry. Yeah. Just get it, let it out. This is the place to do it. This is where we do this, and we're not slamming anything. No, shit happens. no, this, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. But I, my brand new amp broke. I was playing the amp that I spent all last episode gushing over, <laughs> making it the freaking episode image, having a little photo shoot. The next day, in the morning, yeah. In fact, I had to go. I had to go do stuff. It was Saturday morning. I had to go do stuff at like eleven. Leave the house by ten. I was like, you know what? I've got a couple hours. I'm freaking play a little guitar and uh let me tell you it started making a thing started making a sound can you describe the sound right so i was just playing normally in fact it was actually fairly low volume right and just it was sounding good it sounded great i was i was shredding as good as you remembered from the day before and then maybe five ten minutes into playing it started going just this loud super annoying loud overbearing hum where like if i really hit the guitar super loud i could kind of maybe like sort play, of like hear play a louder than underneath the hum like or something. but no no never louder but like almost like where i could still hear it otherwise oh, it was geez. just like completely so overbearing took, taking over though. i was like oh god tried every different input cables. tried cables tried the both speaker outputs all, eventually tried different cab all the you name all the stuff yeah and it was damp it just something uh, happened did it make the noise and when you unplugged it. the cab or was it coming through the cab yeah obviously right it was still coming. Th- it, yeah, was it was only coming, coming through, through the, the cab until I unplugged it. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was doing it even like gave the uh, gave it a jiggle in the back and everything. Dude, like that. I tried. I tried everything Jiggled you could imagine. And in fact, you know, I mean, as you as you heard, I've been playing uh, another amp through the same cab with yeah. the same speaker sounds cable, fantastic. and it sounds great. So I you know it's not that. Yeah, that's a bummer. And the fact that you like you didn't even like move it or anything. It wasn't like oh, I I brought it to practice and came. I back. turned it on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Fuck amps, dude. You just sometimes we forget. Tube amps were the only ding dongs that still fetishize and we obsess over the things. Gush with about them all day. Weird long. fucking hot glass balls in yeah. the back of them to make all the, th- the things happen. Any any thoughts of what it might be like if you just had to if you just had to guess? <sighs> I, I, I so think that I, I think that there's there's probably a, a loose connection somewhere on the inside yeah. that I wasn't even going to begin to think about because I've watched a full interview with the designer of this amp mm-hmm. and he gets into very highly technical things and he talks about how ridiculously complicated everything is in there and how there are very few even just like tech serviceable things in there right. so i was I, I was like nah i'm not gonna even begin to deal with that plus it was 1.5 days after i received it that's in the mail you know i mean in a way it's a blessing but rather than like have it like weeks and or months or years later they're mm-hmm. like now you know this issue exists so you can listen out for it again obviously yeah. you won't miss it if it happens again but uh they are sending you a new amp though right they are yeah so that's that's all sorted out that's happening yeah. it's just i don't have it yet i was so, so bummed for you man you texted me the next morning and i was like no i, know. I was really bummed because i really do feel like that was a great sounding amp so it hopefully gonna, the new one, it's gonna do the thing hopefully it was just the hopefully it was just like that one-off issue something wasn't soldered right or something and yeah maybe this one will be even better yeah gotta, yeah gotta keep a rosy outlook on life you do dude, otherwise you how do. are we gonna make it well especially because you know you're not it it sucks for time and everything but you're not losing any money over it or anything you know aside from that so yeah it, it, i guess it just like the having to go pack it back up thankfully i saved all the materials yeah. drop it back off of ups all that sort of did stuff. did you look up the issue and see if anyone else had problems like that i tried searching evh amp hum and also and it's brand just, new though right it's a newer amp yeah. not even that but it's also just like 
There's so much content about Eddie Van Halen amps. Right. It's almost his like, own personal amps and his history. And f- like, I mean, he's got to be one of the t- most highly fetishized guitarists of all time. Rightfully so, frankly, I think yeah. maybe even more so than most other people trying to like get his tone. But that's the thing is it's all in his hands anyway, mm-hmm. because he was so absolutely freaking yeah, amazing. It's dude. I tried and I couldn't find anything specific. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's almost that. too broad of a search. Like if it was a smaller company or like, well, I tried like 50 S, you know, I tried yeah. all the different little modifiers. Right. I, I work in search. It's kind of, the yeah, you're pretty, I know pretty good at this stuff. Way around. I couldn't find anything. Well, that's about my it. point. If you couldn't find anything about I couldn't it, find anything hopefully about it was just a one-off issue and like the new one will be fine. Agreed. I've got one other thing for the for the for gear jail Let's here, it, and I feel like this might be slightly controversial, especially oh. as a Chicago musician. Whoa! And I'm just putting the entirety of Wilco's Reverb Shop in the oh, gear jail. I sent you that. List. You, d- yeah. you did. I, I mean, I'd seen the emails busy. At, yeah, so yeah. I didn't get I a chance I, to actually look at it. When you don't respond for like ten minutes, I'm like, all right, he's definitely yeah, right. like actually working, I'm doing today. shit, dude. How about it? How about that broken uh, boombox for two hundred dollars that went? <laughs> That's the first one I sent you. <laughs> Sold immediately. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like a, a broken, broken cassette deck. It was a Sony cassette and CD player. Oh, it had, like oh, it had like the flip, the flip top, top oh, dude, CD yeah. player. I mean, it looked like it was from 98, maybe. Oh, so funny. Can we call those the spider of the boombox world? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, what? I mean, there was a lot of... There was some cool stuff. Like that Rickenbacker I sent you I thought was pretty cool. Oh, the, it was a refin, I think, right? It was a refin, and there were P90s swapped into instead of the Rick pickups. So, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's just a cool guitar. I guess the reason I'm saying in general is that, to me, it really it feels like a cleaning out the cobwebs of the yeah. studio sale more so than something yeah. that you should... I don't know. Like no, it, I know what you mean. Because getting a, a full-on email about it... And it was a just, junk sale, dude. It was kind of... But kind of everything was still kind of expensive. There like was nothing that I was even really super tempted. There was some stuff if you were a huge Wilco fan, which I, I appreciate him, but I'm definitely not where they had like the old banner that they hung behind them. Oh, yeah. For some right. shows and stuff. Now, here's the thing I didn't understand. Did you read more about this where it said some of the items that are sold have been listed months ago or something like that? It said so well, they've sold things before. Right. So that's the thing is, yeah, it still has all the previous sold listings. But have you seen many? many group what do you what do you even call that like an artist artist listing or something mm-hmm. like that where they show all the sold items is that do they always do that not I always that was weird not right? always like ooh, look what they're, we sold dude they're always changing stuff up on the freaking verb man yeah i you know. know they're just changing dude, they it got up. some they got some stake in they're the game over at Reverb, stuff man. well i mean of course they're friends or they're local boys yeah but the uh locals. I, yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny um did you see anything else on there that you, that like stood out to you? No, it was just a, like I saw that's like a tube screamer. That's why it's for, like, in jail. I'm like, no, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, no, there's nothing. They would do. There's a lot of mystery box. Get like a random poster. Yeah, three or pedals something. for actually the three pedals for three hundred was kind of cool. Three, oh, I, I don't think I saw that. There was a three pedal mystery box for three hundred bucks, and I'm like, that's kind of cool. But kind of cute. But if it comes with like three DOD, three like, Behringer, French pedals. Hey, easy. Whoa, easy. sorry, sorry, sorry. Look who you're talking to. I'm, here. Just, I'm talking. You are literally, literally the next thing that i'm going to talk about you're going insulting back, we're right going to now. dod land we're about to but maybe we don't know that you just the dot dis- father dis- you guys can't see <laughs> but he's, on episode 200 of all episodes, of all episodes man it finally comes out okay no wow. i do love the, i you do think love you DOD. know somebody after spending <laughs> fucking hundreds of hours talking Dude, after the, the micro, DOD, after the dot father graphic i made you that one day then come on man seriously <laughs> Have a little respect. All right, my bad, my bad. I, okay, I, I, I touch you. Can we talk about DoD a little bit though? Of okay, because there was just this big old. I read a very long intraview with Tom Cram, 
who, if you're not a Dodd father, you might not know, is one of the sort of most influential, important people in the history of DOD, who thankfully and very excitingly is now involved back with the new revitalization, rebirth of DOD that has happened with Cortec. I was okay. going to say Court, but they own Court. Cortex, yes, Cortex right. owns them. Uh, I read this really long thing. It was really interesting. I guess so. I'm just gonna. I just want to get into the, a little bit of the history of Tom Cram and what what's yep. going on with those guys now. Give this is gonna give a dot. This is a dot father update through it's a follow up on a follow up. It's a follow up on all the follow ups. So I apparently this man he started at DoD on the manufacturing floor around '95. So it goes way back with the company. Worked his way up through all the stuff. Eventually worked his way up to be working on designer, including. So he worked. Right at the transition, or actually, frankly, away from the FX series, which mm-hmm. is like your series, the Dodfather Collection yeah, series. Your favorite. He right. started, and in, in the transition from that older stuff to like kind of basic, basically bring it into like the modern. What well, at the time was the modern the era, nineties look. Uh, exactly. So where they went from that uh, to the nineties era to that like two tone look was, which okay. was like the thing they did. With, with everything at, mm-hmm. in that like late 90s early 2000s time did a whole bunch of stuff for like dbx all the other companies because it was owned by Harmon, which owned a bunch of stuff at the time uh stuck around all the way through all the way until 2018 until they finally were that's when they were sold off and that's when the rest of the world was like oh shit is dod not going to be a thing anymore uh he started talking about the, re- the resurrection in late 2010 early 2011 didn't get to do anything about it until 2011 or 2012 then there was this whole new spat of DOD Digitech stuff reintroduced in the market in 2013, which that was like the rubberneck delay and the what's that chrome? It's like the gunslinger distortion. <laughs> yeah. It was, but it was also like the 250 came back. They were kind of yeah. like they're making good stuff again. So he was there for all that. Um, anyways, the uh, he's now back for the resurrection and there's some interesting news about what's going to be coming because we didn't it's been kind of unclear we didn't know as dot enthusiasts are they just going to reissue stuff or well right and like what are they going to reissue is it going to be direct descendants or they're going to be new things we didn't know until now dave so i want to give you a little update on that so i guess the first thing to address is that uh they're going to definitely be bringing back uh the analog dod stuff okay so that includes the rubberneck delay, which a lot of people really like. And yeah. in fact, those if there was there was a there was a minute in time where you could get those for like super cheap. There was a crazy sale; they were like fifty bucks, and now they're like super expensive. Way expensive because they're very good analog, yeah. sort of just like meat and potatoes uh, analog delay pedals. Yeah, one of my favorites. So that's coming back. Uh, whammy, freak out, ricochet, and drop, which are all just like takes on the whammy. Okay, you know I think the the ricochet has like you can press on a button it'll like bounce back and forth there's you know there's slight tweaks on it's all this it's all the same whammy formula those are coming back however there is still a parts issue uh, a supply crisis globally whether we can see it or not and that is definitely affecting things so mm. they're having pretty serious issues with the what at the time were called the Digitech st- uh, single stomp effects, which were the Obscura, Polaris, Ventura, and Dirty Robot. You probably have seen those around. They all they have slightly more like uh, artistic graphics yeah. with like floral patterns and whatnot. Uh, they're not sure. They're trying to see, but there there will be some time before those ones come back. But that's not because they're not trying to. That's just like they can't get the they can't get the literally parts. can't get the stuff yeah. for it. And then. Uh, 
of course, we were just even, I believe, last week already, we were talking about the uh, 250. Right. They're just going to straight up reissue it. Straight up reissue. Yeah, I love that. So, uh, but one of the things that I thought was interesting, and I know you, and well, this will be the last thing we talk about with this. You like you have a 250 clone. Yes. That you said that you like on base, right? Love it. So I'm really curious. I would like to take a poker on that circuit because in this interview, he talks about the 250. And, and one of the things he talked about was that he, the, it really cuts a lot of base out. Hmm. By design yeah i didn't find and that. and the thing is that when you and and suppose the way the circuit is designed is that when you turn the gain up the base is cut off that could be true because i leave the gain if i put the gain up too high on mine when i'm playing on my copy mm-hmm. i have the gray spec right from chicago stomp works it i don't get it that high because it just kind of starts feeding back and goes crazy so okay maybe it does i mean i've never really so you keep the game pretty low and i've never that. really tried it with guitar so i couldn't say okay for sure but yeah with bass for sure my bass I keep it almost at like freaking ten o'clock for like the game, so it's pretty low. So, so that's the th- that's the thing. He said that there's a sweet spot that yeah. it's it's where it's you get a little bit of the grind, but it keeps the low end. So I was really I, yeah. I was like I was definitely thinking about you. I was yeah, thinking, I wonder. And, and in fact, there is actually one more thing that I wanted to say. Sure. Uh, no, I lied. There are still two more things that I want to say. Okay. About this. One, the vintage two fifties mm-hmm. back when they were making these, the parts that they were getting to make these pedals. There was a 20% tolerance, plus or minus, mm-hmm. on each component. Right. Now, I, I mean, it depends on the company. That's you're you're going to so look at like maybe right? five, five right. percent. 20% means, say it's a 100K value on the component. Mm-hmm. It could test at 80K or it could test at 120K. Right. And, it still and it passes. would still be part of the circuit. Yeah. Which when you add that up component by component. Yeah. You're going to have a massive difference in sound. Between two pedals. Yeah. Between the literally the one and the one next to it on, yeah. off the assembly line. Right. That, that, that struck and me. We've 20%. talked about that. And I, I remember, was it because they, the parts, I mean, they used the same parts, but they were kind of coming from like, I don't know, not nice factories. That's and, how the parts were manufactured. Though. Right. I'm going to need to, is yeah. there, if there's any extra Mosa left. This is episode 200. We're letting it all hang out this week. We're having a little Mosa today. I'm just going to top it off with a little, Couple moses. little, 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 little early one going breakfast today. here. Uh, so that was one of two things. The last thing, this is, this is a wonderful quote, and I'm just going to read this out. Tom Cram, he's the actual Dodd father these days, let's mm-hmm. be real, but I like to pretend. Maybe I'm the prince father, or that's not how that would work. Maybe I'm the <laughs> Dodd prince. I like the Dodd prince. It's kind of nice. Truth be told, there's not a ton of money in pedals. There's no career path that leads you to owning a yacht. If you're thinking rationally about your career, going into pedals is not the right choice. That's mm. fair. You got to have a love for the game. You got to you got to love the grind. The labor of love, man. Or the crunch or yeah. the death metal or the I'm trying to name Gonculator. I was trying to think of <laughs> pedals from that era. Nice. What was the yeah, the grunge one? Is that like the they're like 500 bucks now or something like that? No way. There's something. They're, no way. They're up there, right? Do, do you couldn't give those away li- literally $20 I, pedals. I, I, I mean, no you way. would know you're the Dodfather, but I, thought, I don't even have one because I just don't like how they sound. Is that the one with like the lightning bolts all over it and shit? Or am I mixing that up with something else? They no, all, the grunge they was had green, this, right? The, it was like this uh, almost like pinkish black yes, thing. Yes. 
We'll have to get back to that because I I do remember they have they have some DoD that's not like a seventies one or eighties one or whatever, but it's like some some. Well, I know for sure the ring mod, the gonculator, yeah. that one which is like blue. I think it does have maybe yellow lightning or yep. something on there. Yeah. That one has gotten maybe absurdly that, expensive, maybe and they eventually reissued it, and then the reissues are expensive. I thought the just like the one, meat box, which also is even the reissues are expensive in that one now. Didn't like Kurt Cobain play one or something? I know he's like the uh, he's the boss pedal that got really famous, but the DS one. I thought he had a DOD also at one point. I don't know. I'm just throwing out. That was a word around town. Well, you know, else is a word around town. Hey, oh man, I had I had I had a song that I was gonna sing in mind before we started this episode for Dave's Docs, and I lost it. So I'm just gonna have to gone like a fart in the wind dude i'm just gonna have to like a day's dock in the wind i'm gonna sing into the microphones we made 200 episodes not all of them have a day's dock this is day's docks you just reminded me of a quote and i liked that by the way that was very nice you just reminded me of a quote from the dock that i wrote down and it said we call songs airs they're all just floating around. You just have to reach out and grab them. You're just catching notes. They would love it. What I, is it? I watched a new doc called Crock of Gold. A few rounds with Shane McGowan. Do you know who he is? That name's so familiar. Singer of the Pogues. Okay. Did you ever fuck with some Pogues? Not really, no. I didn't really either. I know they had a very famous Christmas song. Which was? I couldn't even sing it to you, oh. but it's like very popular. It's Christmas time in Chi-Town. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, they so that you know they do like the Celtic rock, right? So oh yeah, I couldn't stop uh, walking around after last night after I watched it. And I was like, it's dude. I grew up in a in a in an Irish American neighborhood. I've been surrounded by so much of that shit in my life. Well, these guys nailed it, and I would say if you are interested, what I really liked about this doc was it was about the band and about mostly about the singer. Shane McCowan, who's still alive. I think he's like 65 mm-hmm. now. He's in rough shape. Um, but he, uh, it's about like, he was so tied to his heritage about uh, Ireland and everything. Cause he, he, he was there from uh, when he was born till he was six. And then he went and then he moved to London, which he hated. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when he started getting into music and like start fucking with drugs and all that shit. But he was like, you know, it, it's, it, it tells you like actual history about Ireland and yeah. like the wars they had with Britain and all that stuff. And like, very interesting. So if you're interested in like Irish history and you like the check music, out some it's, Pogues it's, lyrics. It's, I, I called it like a it's like a documentary for people who really like documentaries. If that makes I really sense. like documentaries. Yeah. Like if you really liked like the history, it goes deep and it's like two so hours. So the documentary itself gets into all the wars and stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I think you're saying the Pogues music gets into. Uh, well, the original that, stuff. Yeah, yeah. When they first started playing, that's all they like knew was like traditional Celtic songs. Cool. And they put a spin on it with like kind of just playing it faster and playing it more aggressive and like screaming into the mic mm-hmm. and shit. Um, when did they start? They formed in I want to say it was like he he kind of started becoming a famous punk around like seventy seven. Mm-hmm. He was going to shows like the Sex Pistols were the first band. I mean, dude, in the mid late seventies, growing up in London like must have been so fucking cool. I mean, and being like a teenager at that time—that's one of that's definitely one of those time periods where if you had the option to, to time travel yeah. your way back, maybe, I'd have to maybe you'd think it. about it. Um, and I will say, in this doc, they do a very good job of—he's um, in some of the footage and stuff from back then, but because he's just like always bopping around, he mm-hmm. was always in the scene. But just the footage of like being on the streets and like being at these shows. So if that kind of stuff, you know, we—I I still love like the Sex Pistols and all that stuff, and like that era, they have a lot of cool footage from like that 
that whole underground punk scene before it got like mm-hmm. too crazy and commercialized. Um, uh, he started drinking at six years old. I oh thought that was God. fucked up. Uh, actually, no, I think it was four. Um, his he grew up with his aunt and his uncle in like a farmhouse in Ireland, and his aunt they were hardcore Catholic, crazy. And he his aunt would hand him a bottle of beer and like let him smoke cigarettes and at a table. And then as soon as he was like buzzed. He, she would start like reading the Bible and like they'd start studying Man, the Bible together. That's some brainwashing that shit. That is pure brainwashing. When was the shit. last time you got a cigarette? Uh man, it's been years. I, mean, I can't. Been yeah, years. I, was, I was literally sitting as you said the word cigarette. I was like, wow. Uh, I, I get so. The last time I, I feel had so one sick when I have one. Like they give me such a buzz. Like I don't like it. It's. I, were you were you ever a smoker? No, but I would I would bum them at parties from friends. My friends probably hated it because they're all still smokers, yeah. and I'm like, whatever. They are really. I have friends who are still smokers. Oh man, for sure. yeah. Wow. Like they hang out. Like, I don't. I, I went to a house party a couple weeks ago, and like everybody's like 40. Yeah, and they're like standing around the garage, just just ripping butts. Oh my. Yeah, God. my clothes long reaped the next oh. day, dude. Um. So his yeah. So his aunt was all fucked up. She was letting him get drunk. Um. Oh, I will say this. Uh, Ralph Steadman, the famous artist. Oh yeah. Does all the favorites. Does all the drawings. Cool. And there's a lot of like, you know, I'm a sucker for like when they put animation into like flashback scenes. It's animated too. Is it like there's big chunks of animation? What I think most people would identify with like the fear and loathing kind of look. Is that totally not really right away, but like later, it's actually a cool gradual thing where like the early memories, you're kind of like, oh, I knew that he drew it because I read about it before Mm -hmm. I watched it, but like. You know, you're like, oh, that's just like some cool cartoon, like the kid walking down the street and like him trying like beer for the first time and stuff. And then you start to see it change like later when they get to like the 80s and he's like fucked up. And like, you know, there's a part where he's doing acid as like a teenager and he's like Jimi Hendrix comes out of the poster and like reaches <laughs> out for him and shit. So there's a lot of cool animation, which I love in documentaries. And it's so fun. Um, yeah. Basically, are they, you a, are you a fan of this kind of music? I will say this, man. I short answer is like, no. but here's what i appreciate about it i appreciate the there's like so what he would do is he would take like you know traditional celtic music it's not very complicated you know there's like it's like three chords sure you know it it all kind of swings the same way and everything but he would come up and you know even the melodies are very similar but he would have beautiful poetry like words he would write incredible incredible words and he hated it people were like you were like like um i think uh joe strummer in an interview was like he's i think he's one of the greatest poets ever mm-hmm. to ever live and he's just like fuck you he's but he, not a poet he's a rock star well right but he's he did rock he did man. read a lot like he grew up like reading he's like it's all we had to do was mm-hmm. just read and it was like reading was almost like a rebellious thing for people reading who does now. that yeah hokey business who does that crap um i see my bookworm tattoo on my leg so yeah they okay so they started the band i want to say it was like like after 70 it was probably like 80 maybe or something like that um and they just instantly, and they're in, in England too. Mm-hmm. And England and Ireland has always had this kind of weird thing. Well, of course, yeah, you Northern know, Ireland. All like that he got stuff. he got the shit kicked out of him, like when he went to junior high and all that stuff. Like you know, people would bully him and shit. And for you know, they were just like, we're gonna just start playing these like Irish pubs in England, and just do this music. So he he met up with other Irish Irishmen. Yeah. So he met other. I don't know if everybody in the band was Irish. I think they were probably a lot of like just mm-hmm. British people, but. Um, but, you know, they're obviously cool with them and they just started fucking playing. And like immediately they just got I mean, they, they fucking blew up. And so that so the song, the Christmas song I was trying to think of, it's called Fairy Tale, And I don't 
Uh, I don't know how it goes, but you've heard it. I guarantee you've heard it. I guarantee people have covered it at Christmas parties and stuff okay. like that. Okay. It's kind of a swing in. It has piano in it. It's kind of more slow. It's more of like a, a pretty huh. melodic song. There's beautiful female vocals in it as well. And so that's when they get like from that song. They actually said, I heard this in there. It was the biggest Christmas song of the 21st century, which I have a hard time wrapping Thus my head far? around. Yeah, because I mean, the doc's only two years old and I don't know any ones that huh. came out. I thought it'd be like last Christmas or something or like, which I can't stand that song, but that's pre 21st century, uh, 21st century. Yeah. 20th century is when, Oh yeah. Last Christmas. Maybe I wrote 20 at first by accident. Cause this was obviously at yeah, 20th century. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. I see. I see. No, no. I think I, I misspoke. I think it is the 20th. 20th. Century. Oh no, it's not. Be, the, the simple fact that neither of us just by name alone, can, can't sing it whereas like if you said like the Mariah, Mariah Carey both of us could sing like we right. we know that song I don't right. want. well also how do you measure that like in what metrics is probably it? sales right or like sound scan isn't that like a how about this walk sound scan walk down freaking Michigan Avenue on right. an average day and be like hey have you ever heard of Mariah Carey and some right and then you're like, like yeah, have you yeah. heard of the pose have you heard of the Pogues, yeah. and they're gonna be like what are those words yeah they're like screw you dude punch you in the face and give so, me your iphone because of that song the 88 tour in 1988 they started so they had a really like kind of fucked up manager he, he sounded like a good dude at first but he was getting 20 percent of publishing and he was also getting 20 percent of every show they played so he's like oh we're going on the road <laughs> and they toured door they toured nonstop. he said one year i think it was the 88 tour he said they played 363 gigs 363 and a th- is that a leap year <laughs> dude i don't know he said they literally his manager would not let them not go out on stage like he'd be like dude i'm i'm going crazy like yeah. i need rest i need a couple days off and he would not let him cancel because he was getting paid <sighs> so the poor guy was going through so much and drinking on top of it and taking pills yeah. just getting like mega mega fucked yeah, up. i have a i have a really important question yes what <sighs> what d- does his accent sound like You fucking, you fucking right. You ain't gonna do nothing. Just <laughs> do my best, Conor McGregor. That was, dude, that was good. Yeah, fuck the Mayweather's. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Yeah, for that belly laugh. Tell your wife to get out the red panties. <laughs> yeah. Um. He talks even crazier. I will say this: a hundred percent, you have to have subtitles on watching this documentary. Okay, that um, sounds like a challenge, dude. Well, they put subtitles in when he's speaking. Yeah. His voice is like all fucked up now. Okay. Like he's he's like wheelchair bound. I mean, he's not in good shape. Um, I just think from all the drinking. I mean, they were basically like, you have to stop drinking. He got on heroin for a while after mm. like the 80s. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'll kick heroin, but I'm not stopping drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you guys. So he's just, I mean, throughout this whole thing, because they're still interviewing him. And actually, guess who's interviewing him? Who is it? Your favorite. Wait, what, you want me to guess? Uh, he's a great American actor. Maybe one of the most famous American actors also plays guitar. Also oh, plays Johnny Depp. Yeah, dude. It's produced by Johnny Depp and he's in a bar with him. I assume they're in Ireland and or England, wherever he lives. And he's uh, 
and they're like just they're getting drunk and like he's they kind of do a lot of cuts where like they cut to them talking and then they okay. cut to him being interviewed in another place but there's one thing where it's like Johnny Depp there's some uh, woman behind him and then there's and then there's the dude so there's Shane. probably one main interview hang in this bar and, and they have they... like these weird recordings so I think they recorded a lot of it and then they play it back um, but they're using every time the guy talks they're using subtitles okay. like it's wild but uh, the Johnny Depp thing's funny because one thing I noticed he's definitely a hundred percent doing a fake accent oh that is it's cringe. so uncomfortable but if anybody's gonna do a fake accent and sit there it's gonna be johnny depp so i kind of was he's easy he's just he's still just doing jack sparrow yeah he just rever- yeah. reverts into his oh character. They, well, i think this guy might have been in pirates because because he talked <laughs> they, they made a joke about pirates and he's like i was he's like i was blacked out the the singer shane he was like i was blacked out you know through pirates yeah. or whatever and johnny's like well how do you think i tolerated it yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of a, something you don't really want to say. But. Yeah, the fact that you, that's what kept you relevant and made you rich for the last Yeah, many like years. more money than anyone's ever made. Anyways, um, it was pretty cool. Then he like, so then he, he left that band and he started a new band called The Popes. Um, basically, he had to go to a mental institution. What, from the Pogues to the Popes? Yeah, because he had to go to a mental institution because he was so out of his mind that he was like, he locked him. There's this dude, there's a scene where they're in Australia. And he locked himself in his hotel room. He painted the whole room blue and painted himself blue with house paint. And then the manager came to the door. He's like, we have a show. And he's just standing there. And they animate this whole part. And it's that's like Ralph Steadman style. Like the crazy splatter yeah, paint and like right. the crazy eyes and stuff. And you're like, whoa. That sounds like worth the price of admission. Dude, it's... it's Even if you don't give a shit about the band. It, just I, that. I'll be honest, man. Like, I mean, I could, I could find times where I, I could go to like a bar and party and drink and listen to this music. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I could just sit on Spotify. You're not popping it on the turntable. I don't think so. I'm not buying the record anytime Mm-mm. soon. Um, I will say this though. Yeah, the artwork, the way it was done, the, the kind of the chronological order. Plus, you like you. I know that you you you're open minded, but you like a bit of more of a chronological doc. I think I do. I do, and it actually makes taking notes a little easier too. Because like when they jump around, sure. I'm like, oh shit, now he's 12 again. And now don't he's house pain me. Yeah, give me the straight shot. Yeah, man, straight shooter. Um. So yeah. Oh, they had a 60th birthday concert for him uh, featuring a lot of artists, but featuring mostly Bono, Johnny Depp, and Sinead O'Connor were like the main wow, ones I recognized. Wow, what a lineup. Yeah, and oh, he was born on Christmas Day, so that was on Christmas that they did that. He got a Lifetime Achievement Award for songwriting, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, okay, so here's the gear spots. Thank you. We got a banjo. He played. He rips banjo. Not his main instrument. They switch instruments a lot. What kind of banjo? Had no idea. <laughs> he has a banjo. There's bagpipes. <laughs> the banjo is uh, a banjo. Yeah, Chicago brand. I mean, you know, I know you ha- didn't you have a Chicago? No, you had a, I have a Gibson you banjo. Have a Gibson banjo. 50s. Dude, you might have to bust that thing out one day. It was cool watching that somebody banjo, rip a banjo, and I'm like, dude, Damn, the burst dude. on the back of that thing is stunning. Uh, an ES335 cherry. Uh, there's an accordion. Oh, I know what the whistle is called now in um, Irish music. The tin it's whistle. It's like a flute. It's a tin whistle. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, P bass, obviously. So the drummer played like this. Um, it was like a giant. It was all. I, you know what it was? It was a kick drum, but it was on legs. Cool. And he just stands up and plays that with mallets and with shit. a couple other yeah and a couple other drums. But there's no like. I'm sure later they had like at some point a full kit. But he's he's really just playing like this thing. I up. dig when bands can pull that off, dude. It was cool. Um, then obviously a twelve string acoustic because they do a lot of acoustic numbers. I love a lot of harmonies. So Very much. talented musicians, I have okay. to say. Like, I didn't really know who was on what throughout the whole thing they didn't really get into that it really focuses on the singer and mm-hmm. his life but um and then he was playing at one point a 70s telly deluxe which i thought was kind of cool yeah i mean i think that was pretty much it 
I are you, are you, so you, do you feel like it inspired any further interest in that band, or are you just like, do you feel just content in being able to, to pick can, out the fact that you know that that's the Pogues now? A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm like, well, because I know that there's like what are like Flogging Molly and some of these bands, Dropkick Murphys, Dropkick Murphys, like they've come out and they've been like, they are all these Black guys. Forty seven. These guys were the OGs of that band, like that. That genre of music didn't exist the, until they the, came out. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was another one. Okay, yeah, cool. Because they weren't inspired by anybody else other than themselves. And, like, of course, like, classic rock and shit like sure. that. But um, And punk, obviously, when they saw Sex Pistols and stuff. But, yeah, so it was kind of cool to be like, wow, you're watching a band, like, really create something out of thin air, which I thought was fucking cool. Mixed that's a, with, that's like... A, that's a good insight. With, like, you know, traditional Celtic music. Yeah, well, is, you're, you come from somewhere. Yeah, can't, of course. Can't hide that. Yeah, I think you'd really like it, man. Um, I highly recommend What's it. What's it called again? I think it's on Hulu. Um, Hulu? Yeah, I think it was Hulu that I watched it. Uh, Croc of Gold. Croc. Croc of, of Gold. 2020. And if you want to see, like, a bo- it's a bonus that you get to hang with Johnny Depp through the whole thing. I gave it... Uh, using a fake accent. Yeah. And he's actually not in it that much. He doesn't narrate it, which is great. That would have gotten too much, yeah. I think. Um, which I do appreciate his narration in some things, but... But uh, actually, the the singer is the one narrating a lot of it, so you have to really have those subtitles. First person, going. there you go. First person. Uh, I gave it eight and a half out of ten tin whistles for a crock of gold. <laughs> Check it out. I think it's a fun one. It's it's a little bit slow burn, but the animation's fucking. That's cool. a curveball, dude. I love it. I love when you hit me from from out of nowhere. Never, never in a million years would I've been like, Dave's gonna come talk to me about the Pogues today. I know I've talked about this, but like. I'm getting to the point where I'm Googling documentaries and I'm going, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, mm-hmm. seen it, seen it, seen it. It's wild. That's dude. cool. It is kind of cool. That's a, that's a nice achievement for I you. I think I'm a, I might start going back and revisiting some that I've seen where we didn't document what episode they were in. They're on the spreadsheet. Yeah, right. And I'm like, you know, there was ones that we probably talked about three years ago. Dude, there are still, I mean, easily 15 to 20 that I have saved in my, in my lists in my various streaming apps that I know you haven't ever done on these that I... Yeah. Well, you I, have access. Sometimes I've sent you them. Sometimes I haven't. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like, I've got to, I've got to take the time to actually send you a, a dump, a dump of docs. There's still that one that I really want to watch about that luthier. I like. I keep. I, oh. I, I keep meaning to actually watch it. Yeah, and I just haven't done it. yet. When I get desperate, I will definitely be like, I don't know what to watch this week because mm-hmm. I thought about for the 200th doing like something like a, you know, an overview. But then uh, this one came up, and I was like, that actually looks pretty fucking. Good. It was a great. It you know it was you know what Dave. Here's the thing. Episode 200, I would rather have a, just a great example of Dave's docs yeah. than some sort of premeditated rundown. I mean, you roll the bu- you roll the dice, man, because sometimes it's like, this could be shit. And well, but gotta- you, know, you know where you don't roll the dice? The consistency that is Dr. Dave's Dave's docs. It doesn't matter if the doc is good or not. You're going to put your own little take Thank on you, it, and that's what we're here for. I try to take something away. And remember, songs are called airs. They're up there in the sky. You just got to grab them. got to grab Thanks, man. Very excited about that. So for future gear this week, first of all, there's a ton, tons of stuff that we haven't talked about yet, but none of it's all that like super important. There's a few things that I definitely want to talk about. Okay. However, the main topic, well, first of all, we already covered, I had to return that amp. Yeah. That was a whole thing. I want to talk a little bit about my luster because there have yeah. been some updates in that yep. realm. But by, by my luster, I mean specifically the, the recent modern acquisition mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. And then I came up with just like kind of like a bunch of questions for us to Great. R- ruminate have on. have a discussion. As, as, to discuss as we look back on 200 episodes sure. of this freaking dang thing that That'd we make. Fun. Just want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, let's talk about, about some gear. Mm, let's start with my luster. Yeah. Based on Dave's opinion is astute i might say uh, suggestion sure 
I ordered a bunch of cream bits yeah. to replace the black bits. All the creamy pieces. On the luster. Yeah. And I have since installed them. You're on the fence. I'm of two minds. I, I don't know. I think it's an improvement, but I also have personal tastes and you have personal tastes. You might like apples and I might like oranges. Here's the thing, Dave. I, I think in, and we talked about this a little bit already, but I want, I wanted to actually bring this up. I wanted to wait until you were here in person and could see it too. I don't want to be like, here's what I'm thinking. And, and I, I wanted you totally. to like see it before. Yeah, totally. But my thing is that I, I don't love how the binding is a much, it enhances how much whiter yes. the binding is having it next to cream parts. Yeah. So my, I guess my first question is, does that bother you? And I think I know the answer. Well, I don't. I don't know if it bothers me. I think it's, if it was your guitar, would you leave it with the cream oh, parts? Man, you know what? You know what? I, maybe because I think one from far away, it's gonna look how it looks when I when I fir- when it first caught my eye when you were playing it. Mm-hmm. When I walked in, I was like, "Damn, dude, that looks sick." Okay, because because I do think the cream makes the overall red look darker. I agree. So it gives it that oxblood it look, which or that wine, red which is what I wanted. You know, yeah. That. Um, and th- and you were even playing it in the sun, so it was like as bright as it could look. Mm-hmm. It looked fucking awesome. Um, that being said, I don't know, because I was bothered at first when I got my Les Paul and I noticed that the, whatever, the the bevels weren't the same color as the, uh, or the bezel or whatever they're called, the little surrounds. On the pickup selector? The pickup, pickup surrounds. Oh, which which is the, the selector indicator chip or the poker chip the poker chip but also the the pickup uh, oh the the humbucker the pickup mounts yeah the yeah. mounts yeah um i noticed those weren't the exact same color as the pick guard itself yes which you know it's original things age differently mm-hmm. sometimes things aren't made out of the same plastic at the same they time at the yeah. same day uh, or cut out of the same piece so i've just accepted it and it totally doesn't bother me anymore um and with yours i would probably just feel the same way i'd be like yeah it just looks a little different i do however agree with you that it makes the binding look whiter mm-hmm. than everything else. It on. does, which is a it's a predicament now because yeah, if it bothers to do because also in order to really get a full understanding of how I feel about it, I'm gonna need to change the knobs. Right, we didn't do that before the pot yeah for the episode. We should check that out after. We d- we should, but I did not do that yet. So yeah, we gotta. You I said mean, you had a whole drawer full of fun knobs. Got so many knobs, but I. Love I it. I, I, we'll see. We'll are see. You, are we'll you, see. let me ask you this. Is it getting too much away from what you bought originally? I mean, I know you can put all that shit back on if you want to. So I kept all the original parts. Of course. I mean, it's just been a couple of days. I don't know. I'm not worried about that at all. I want to make the guitar mine and yep. like how it looks. My, and this might be crazy. Mm-hmm. My other thought is what would it look like if I found white parts to match the binding and replace the cream parts with white stuff. That's an absolute option, and I'm sure that exists. I didn't even think of but it. But then, really. would they be too white? Like, because the binding does have a little bit of yellow. It does have it. a little bit of yellow. And does it. the binding on the neck match the binding on the body? It does. Okay. It's. I mean, it's very close. The the neck is a little. There are are parts where it has already because the guitar's been played a lot. It right. has sort of like slightly like aged right. a little bit, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an idea. I don't know what that would look like with white I don't either. hardware. I don't either. It would look weird. I've never seen it. That's a thing. Yeah, because they because Les it's Paul always is cream. always done cream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they so don't, that's where that's where I am with the the. Let me ask you plastic this: plastic parts on my freaking Les Paul. Oh, by the way, I will just here's a little touch and tips. Don't order the all parts poker chip. 
Right. It was, you know, five ninety nine. They're not, it's not an expensive part, but it just it looks it looks shitty. Yeah. It's not nice. And it also doesn't fit a standard American switch. I had to like hog out some plastic uh, to make it even work. And I so I decided just to not get it. I'm gonna get a Gibson one. What if the Gibson one is a totally different cream? It's color? not directly next to any yeah. other cream parts like the pickup surrounds and the and the pick guard are, so right. I'm not as worried about that. And I saw you have uh what about the switch? The tip. Which I guess actually that's a very good point. That is next to it. Uh, was that in all parts? That was also I got everything from all parts. Right. Yeah. Which I think was smart. I mean, because you weren't sure if you're going to like it. Exactly. Instead of buying like two hundred dollars worth of like actual. Gibson well, and shit. I I had a better chance of it all being made in the same place right. if I got it from the same company. Right. Was my thought. Um. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I do know that I I'm really starting to like the pickups more and more, and I think those are going to stay. Yeah, I like that. I think they sound great, dude. I think they sound great. The coil taps aren't as effective as I would have liked. I wanted more of a single coily sound, and it's just like it's somewhere in between a single coil and a humbucker sound now with that with those taps. But that's okay. Um, I can live with it. Now, and and we're just we're spitballing here. I love it because you mentioned something crazy to me, which you were like, "What if I tried to stain the binding?" I could age the binding. Now, I mean, that's, that's we're, not, we're the gear buds, so we can have these conversations. What, you, what I would have to do is is give it a little bit of abrasion. Yep. Scuff it up somehow with a little bit of sandpaper. Tape it off so you don't get the body. Find what I, uh, a, a suitable mix of like some shoe polish and you know uh, some sort of oil to cut it with that matches a color close to the hardware, the new hardware that I've added. Right. And do that up and down the neck and all around the body. Yeah, you'd have to do some some research to find out what's not going to like fuck that up. Though. Because I could fuck the color up. Yeah, I could fuck the process. And up. that's not that's not coming off. Well, I mean, that's a whole. And not if you like if you sand it and then allow that dye to get down into the you know. But I just mean grain even of the plastic. Fuck the binding, you'd have to replace the binding then or something. Yeah, be, right. You'd be very sad. I'd be very sad about. Well, that. obviously, you would do a piece of it first. I would assume, and then. Yeah, it's I, that it, that is that is definitely a project beyond anything I've ever done, and probably would never f- feel comfortable doing for the first time on a Gibson. Like yeah. I, I would try that on, you know, an Epiphone, a shitty Epi. Um, I was gonna say this, so that reminded me of something I read today. It was one of these like Gibson forums or Facebook things or whatever, and somebody bought, which I just thought this was kind of dumb, but they bought an uh, what's the silver burst one like the. Those customs. Yeah, it was a custom, but I think it was a reissue or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it was. Maybe one of the Adam Jones. Yeah, but it wasn't like a brand new one. It was, it was a shitty one. It might even been a copy, but anyways, he bought it and the the guy posted it and was like, oh damn, the seller said it had an ebony board, but clearly it's Rosewood. And I'm like, well, one, wouldn't you see that in the, like, you can tell the difference visually between Rosewood and ebony. I I mean, a lot of the time, some, I mean, ebony isn't always all black. So that's right. I mean, but yours, for example, is super, super dark. That's a very dark piece of ebony. Yes. And I, and I've actually seen Rosewood like on John's jazz master. That is like almost black too. Exactly. Yes. So I get it. They they vary, but had you seen a picture of this, you would have been like, that's Rosewood. There's no doubt about it. That it almost looked like Powell Farrow's like, it looked like that, that like caramely light, light. Yeah. Just like light Brown. So then uh, people were commenting and they uh, were giving suggestions to dye it. Oh, yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of discussion on this on the web. And I've never really looked. I didn't think that was like a thing you could do. I don't because you kind of really can't on a fingerboard because guess what you're doing all the time? You're fingering it. Yeah. So it's going to come off. It's going to rub off on your fingers. You would think. Right. 
or you'd have to seal it or something. And you don't so, seal you don't seal rosewood. Rosewood. No, or ebony for that matter. Right, or whatever. Exactly. Yes, it's an exposed wood. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I just thought that was kind of funny, but it made me think of uh of dying the body. Yeah, just get a Sharpie, dog. Just Dude, fill it in. I mean just color it in with the fingers within your your markers. I mean with your with your situation. Now I wouldn't do this to your guitar because it's first of all, I think it's fucking awesome and I really wouldn't mess too much with it. But if you had like if you had to do this experiment with like an Epiphone mm-hmm. or something, I think I would probably look at like light brown like Sharpie or you know, light brown markers, not Sharpies, but like maybe like oil markers. What's or the s- plastic? It's tough. You though. have to do that. well, you have to sand it first. Yeah. And then you're like, do you is it sand over the dots? Like it's all fucked. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, on the neck. Oh my exactly, yeah, right. You'd have to no, you'd have to mask the dots dot. too. Yeah, it would that'd be such a crazy project. Make like 20 little exacto dots out of painter's tape that being said yes i think honestly it, it w- i mean i guess you're the one playing it but as far as like from someone seeing it you're not going to notice that binding not matching the no no i i know i know yeah. exactly what you're saying like I, even if I, you brought it to like practice and i feel I you i appreciate that this is all about me dog sure it's yours. I mean, that's. So it's, I'm know. not. I'm not as worried about someone being like, that ding dong doesn't even have matching yeah. binding and hardware. What a fucking prick! I shouldn't listen to his band. Let, let me ask you this: Do they sell? Because I know they make a the. I know the black one has black or the dark gray. But what about that blue one? Doesn't that come with cream, cream pieces? It does, and it has white binding. So they just don't match. Mm-hmm. Ah, so that's just. And Gibson really doesn't make any other colors. It's not like Fender where you can get like freaking blue. I can't. I can't picture white, like, like no. stock white. No. pickguard or hardware or yeah. you know, pickup surrounds or twit or tip. Uh, they. I've seen white knobs. I've seen clear knobs. Obviously, yeah. this that guitar came with clear knobs. Would they call that ivory? Well, so there's Gibson ivory, actual- has had ivory, which is more of a cream yeah. color, and then there's also alpine white, which is a colder. It's a you know bluer white than right. the warmer white yep i don't know if there's but they've done that with hardware that's what i'm saying i don't, I don't think so i think it's always been huh. that yellowish thing okay one last thing i think you could do this is kind of crazy and this is just we're gear buds, dude i'm i'm hanging on for the ride dude you could bleach out those other ones the hardware that I have already, yeah, just the cream ones. You could just bleach them out. I don't know, but that would just wouldn't that just yellow it? No, I don't think it would make it white. Would bleach it? would remove the color. Really? Uh huh. I mean, now depending. I mean, you know what I do have? It wouldn't make it dark. You know what I do have? Huh? They sent me two switch tips. Yeah, it's, I have an extra switch tip. Oh, that's nice. Maybe I could. Oh, try it on a switch. Get tip. a little glass of water, a little, little yep. piece of glass. Because you would have to soak. I mean, but the it, thing is, do I have bleach? I don't use bleach. Maybe I, have, I think I have bleach. I mean, this would be if you absolutely were like, I'm. I'm either not using this, or I'm just going to put the black back on. Dude, I'm going to do it. It's going to be an experiment. I'm going to after we're done, I'm going to put fill a glass with some bleach. Yeah. Put the switch tip in now, there. Now, depending on what they a coat couple days. that plastic in, it may may or may not, like, you know, I'd, I'd maybe do a little... Well, uh, my, first, my first experiment will be, I'm just going to put it in raw dog. Yeah. And then and then I'll scuff it if it doesn't do anything right. after a couple of days and drop and it that, back in. Yeah. And it might be, like, you know, it might have to be in there for a few days. We'll see. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. All right, there well, you go. Science. You got, you got two We're going to science the shit out of this. Touching tips, boys. That's a Lester update. Oh, we talked about that. So we've got the questions. Okay, a couple pieces of gear. Here's actually, this technically originally was going to be in the symphony because it is an update. However, 
it was now there's an update on the update, so I felt that it warranted future gear. <laughs> okay. Because we've been talking about, and last week I was saying, hey, we don't normally talk about freaking uh, rumors around here, but I, last time we didn't, then it dropped the, the day after we, we felt like ding dongs. So we were talking about those Marshall reissue pedals that. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. I saw those today on like an ad or something. So yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. The same guy who leaked, and I believe the first one that we talked about was the Blues Breaker. Yep, it was. The same guy who leaked that sent a picture of four pedals. Yep. And then I was like, oh, All hell God, broke it. loose. What's going on? Yesterday, Marshall themselves teased it. Today, officially, when we're recording this episode, which is February 24th, it's officially announced and released on the world. Marshall has reissued the four pedals in their original pedal line there was one that came first and then some more came slightly thereafter but there was this sort of four original that came in this like bent black metal enclosure yeah. which we talked about a little bit last week well, you said you weren't sure if you'd ever seen and those now before I, now I recall you've seen them i now. saw the photo today yeah. okay perfect yeah. and i was gonna send it to you and i'm like nope we talked about this last week we sure did and now they're officially released in the world there are four marshall pedals their first four that they ever put out that are now uh, available in the world i think they're technically pre-order still but you know and, and and in fact when i looked it was still even just like uk retailers it did they weren't even on, it wasn't even on like Sweetwater yet but yeah. i think that'll be later today uh there is the governor which was the original then there are the drive master shred master and blues breaker blues breaker i believe is is definitely the most well known from that original lineup has many clones out there that have you know taken that circuit which we'll get into a little bit sure uh but so here i learned a couple things about these pedals uh first of all the drive master that was designed to be similar to the circuit i don't know if it was the exact circuit but basically trying to make the sound of the jcm 800 in a pedal beautiful wonderful high gain amazing amplifier in a pedal form right cool then the you've got the uh, Shredmaster, which was that was supposed to be like the JCM nine hundred, and that has a lot more gain on tap. Which actually, in all the demos that I've watched so far, the Shredmaster is kind of my favorite. Um, and so they've come out with demos with like as far as this new release goes, they already have demos. They had pre sent out pedals to reviewers, to sites, to retailers, and someone leaked the one last week. Or exactly, whatever. I got you. Couple more things I learned. The Governor, which was the first pedal that Marshall ever put out, 1988. That was their first original distortion. Their it was actually an original circuit. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't based on a tube screamer or sure. anything like that. Uh, that pedal is. Do you know why it's called the Governor? Uh, is it political? No. Oh, that would have been funny. It is called the Governor because Jim Marshall, the man himself, mm. was known as the Governor. Cool. I didn't yeah, know that. I didn't either. So I learned that today. I also learned that the Drive Master, which is one of these four pedals, mm -hmm. replaced the Governor. Oh, okay. Same pedal. So it's, that's just different name. But the Governor had an effects loop built into it. Mm. They say that it's the same. In the demo that I listened to, they do sound slightly different. 
you know not like better or worse just Mm -hmm. like they do maybe slightly a little bit different but that is the main difference between those two pedals is that the governor which is kind of a for their first pedal that came out in 1988 that's a pretty like forward thinking interesting feature to have included yeah that's a good point because imagine you've like you're okay i'm going to use this pedal for i want to kick it on and like i want that to be my lead sound and i want it to have a freaking chorus because whatever that's what people did in 1988 yeah i was thinking it yeah 80s sounds what would you do right. you'd you, maybe while you kick the distortion on you you also want a chorus or a delay or whatever boom one one-stop shop dude pretty neat nice uh the all also uh the blues breaker if you're interested in that pedal you've probably there's there's a good chance you've already played one because many circuits that you're already familiar with are just the, the marshall blues breaker circuit in a different name okay. for instance the ghs morning glory okay which there have now been i believe four or five versions of that sure. one of their by far most popular they've always been based on that is a clone of the blues breaker also uh the very i would say almost mythological at this point uh analog man king of tone prince of tone mm-hmm. that design started it, it, it kind of it veered in a very different direction but it, the original circuit was based on the marshall blues breaker that's good info because like somebody might be interested in one and be like oh i kind of already have that pedal so. exactly it's in that if it's in that world already uh the, there are some cool some pretty cool things about this series you know a lot of times when companies do these uh reissue series it's almost sort of like a reimagination mm-hmm. where it's like we're gonna like we're going to take you to that world. We're going like to change something about it. We're going to change some things. We're going to tweak some things. Yeah. They went to extensive lengths to ensure that this reissue series was as original as possible. That's cool. They, I, I appreciate that. I mean, they're bending the box, like the metal enclosures in house in the UK factory. Right, right. Which, incidentally, uh, Marshall's located in Milton Keynes okay. in the UK. Do you know what else is housed in Milton Keynes? I do not. The Red Bull Racing Formula One team. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nerd alert. Yeah, no, big time. Uh, they're, technically, I mean, they're actually, Red Bull is based in Austria, but the Formula One team right. is based in Milton Keynes, which that's, I guess, the only reason cool. you'd probably want to live there other than Marshall. So, yeah, if you're a Red Bull fan, Two good reasons fan. to live uh, But what was I saying? Oh, right. So, it's the original schematics, you know, like down to the every little I mean, they found the literally the original like blueprints I love that they used from back then. Yeah. Uh, they like I said they bent they bend the metal boxes in Milton Keynes, exact same components. They went. That's important. They found the original suppliers of every single capacitor resistor in the whole circuit. Everything except for the foot switch and the input and output jacks are from the original wow. suppliers of those late eighties, early nineties. Which is actually nice. Cause they're, those pieces are probably upgraded like the foot switch and the, you know, it's like probably, right. probably last probably longer. You know? Yeah. Good point. The, I, the, I, I, I watched a, where they, they literally had an original in, in the new one and then opened them they up opened and looked in the back and there it's, I mean, you, no you almost can't tell the difference. I love that man. It's pretty neat. So those are available. Like I said, for pre-order, I cool. I didn't see my U.S. retailers. I did see them in the U.K., but I, I looked this morning, and it was you know still kind of early. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any guess what they're costing? I'm gonna have a feeling they're not cheap. Um, I'm gonna say four hundred. Oh wow, that's a big guess. Uh, the British, I so I they're available in pounds right now, from what Ooh. I saw, and it was one hundred and sixty-nine. Okay, so like is it like two probably one seventy-nine, two hundred? I don't yeah. know, somewhere. Right, we'll say two hundred bucks. That's nice. Are they all the same price? All the same price. I kind of, I kind of, dude. I, Which one would you get? I kind of. So, I don't own a blues breaker thing. Yeah, but 
the governor slash drive mat or no i'm sorry the the, the governor slash drive master i do like the sound of those it, it really does sound it sound that pedal to me sounds more like from the demos that i watched more like amp in a box like a like i'm just like a really good marshall sound cool yeah the shred master dude i don't normally love the high gain pedal thing but right. that does like that sound like just like chugging sounded real good i feel like you're on your way i think that's the that's the one for you so i think the shred master and also that's the one that was famously and, and is still famously used by johnny greenwood from Radiohead. oh cool i didn't know that um so of, of the four that's the one I'd you know what's funny i it's it's funny how these things kind of come in waves because like just a few weeks ago we talked about orange reissuing those three pedals those but i've never even seen those original I, ones like, before. i think the phaser was an original one like i think you can still get one of those probably but yeah but i think they were kind of going for the same thing like we're making it at the factory exactly we're making it like handmade they're not cheap but yeah. you know if you want the real deal you know and you can't afford like the og you got to tap into the source yeah i love that people are doing this man this is great me too Mm, a couple more things before we get into the questions. Sure. Maybe just one more thing. Did you see the new Fender pickups that were announced this week? Mm, because this is interesting. Don't think so. Okay, so fans of Fender's Cunefe pickups. Cunefe, which is a combination of the elemental terms for copper, nickel, and iron. Mm-hmm. Those are that those original wide range Fender pickups from the seventies. The makeup of the magnets are these Cunefe copper nickel iron. Okay. For very many many years, Fender would make pickups that like looked like those wide range, diff, completely different sounding, completely different material pickups. They look like those. But they they were just using whatever the same you know Alnico magnets or whatever they're using and everything else. Right now. After many years, or, or I mean, I guess of course you could still get a third-party option. Lawlers and yeah, many many other brands exist of these types of things. Fender themselves have relaunched their own official wide-range pickups, and not only that. So are not, these like the sorry? Are these like the ahead. ones that are on like the Tele Deluxe? Like the, the Tele They Deluxe. look like humbuckers, but right? So originally these would have come on thin line Deluxe or Customs, right. Of that era that would have had wide range wide gotcha. ranges. It's been a I would say a pretty common ish mod to also then put them into Jazz Masters. Sure. That's been a thing I think especially Sonic Youth did that. Okay. Again, because these like back in at that time, like in the seventies, people would like swap those pickups out. They didn't love them. Like they weren't they weren't people didn't love seventies fenders in general. No, right? no. And yeah, I mean they're just they're hot and sharp. And they're a different sound. Yeah. But there are many fans. And now, speaking of going to the source, Fender are making them themselves. That's cool. So not only that, not only can you just buy these Cunefe wide range humbuckers that were you would typically put them in like a like I said, like you're saying, the Fender Deluxe custom, etc. Mm-hmm. They're also now making them in single coil sets for strats oh. and jazz master shaped sizes really? as well. That's yes. interesting. And they've they've taken this opportunity to introduce an entirely new set called these Cobalt Chromes, which are an entirely new magnet blend of iron, chromium, and cobalt, which is Ficreco, but designed with the Fender guru of all things pickups, Tim Shaw. Yeah. Wow. I like that. 
you got to look at these things. I wish I had taken a screenshot for you because I th- honestly I thought you would have seen this one already. Mm-hmm. Being Thunder Boy, they kind of they have this like really weird, interesting. You know those like original tally neck pickups that don't have the cover over them, where you like you still see the pull pieces, but then there's like a little lip of metal that comes over the top still too, from the side. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's Sorry. kind of what they the the single coils look like. They're they're a very interesting look and quite attractive and and really a beautiful cream as long as we're talking creams i really like the color oh i really dude i really dig the looks i i I haven't seen any specific demos with these yet so i don't know i mean if you like the wide range thing i'm guessing they're going to sound like that and hopefully i mean maybe an improved sound too just because like maybe like a cleaner yeah, yeah yeah just yeah those things are so shrill uh here's the question single pickups for a single pickup, where do you think what do you think they're charging for these bad boys? Uh, like one fifty, a little bit more than that. We're going to say two hundred. Okay, start around two hundred, and they you know, vary slightly. And then there are sets available as well, where you can get a three a three sets of single coils or like two humbuckers, not with a full wiring loom or anything like that. But yeah, just, but just the, the just the pickups. pickups. What are you guessing those are going for? Yeah, I mean, you know, four fifty something like that. Not, not bad, three fifty to four. Yeah, I think, uh, man, I think. I wonder if they're going to like start putting those like in guitars is my question. Oh, they're deaf. There's going to be a series that comes yeah. out those for sure. You know Actually, are those out? They're now out available for purchase. Chicago Music Exchange. I was looking at the listing earlier. It's really interesting because the Tele Custom, I wonder if the, the new American Vintage reissue 2 that just came out, those series, oh. I wonder if the Tele Customs have those. Because they have I the do actually, you know what? Here. I do. That sounds that's that's striking a little gearbuds bell in my brain, aka that, the Chris Stapleton, the Chris Stapleton, uh, exactly. But I I feel like we might have even talked about that yeah. specifically when those guitars came out because everyone was freaking out about those guitars. Because as far as I know, unless it's like a custom shop thing, they're still using like in the Mexican. I'm bringing this up because we played, uh, we did guitars at, on Tuesday at mm-hmm. Greg's, and he has one of the Tele Customs with the two wide range pickups mm-hmm. and he was like oh they're humbuckers I'm like actually they're wide range pickups but like they're, they're actually not they're either. not right which they're I just, learned they're just humbuckers today. yeah but what I'm thinking is they're not going to take those from a $500 guitar and put those in like a, an American series right. $2,000 guitar so I wonder if they're putting those new ones in dude here's the other question I have that I, I did not see addressed the original Fender wide range in the 70s yeah. is larger than like for instance a Gibson sized humbucker right it's wider and I mean it might, might even be a little bit a little bit sort of more de- deep. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's definitely wider. It's, n- right. it's not a direct one-to-one replacement. So I'm not sure if they went to that Something size that for these new ones or if they just stuck with a more sort of standardized humbucker size that like now everyone uses. I bet they had to kind of go with like, we don't, we don't, we'll sell more if people don't have to route their guitars. They will, right, yeah, exactly. So I think if they were smart, they would do that. That's well, good call. Fent- I wonder, I mean, is Fender doing smart stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I, I will say I saw the... I know we kind of talk shit about these, but uh, I saw a gold foil jazz master for yes. sale on reverb. Like I used, like somebody bought one and didn't like it. What do you mean with, with the, those same pickups that they put in the jazz bass? Well, I should say I saw it in the wild. Cause you don't, you know, it's one thing when you see product photos of it, but when you see someone yeah. take pictures of it, it looks pretty cool. I'm they, not going to lie. They look great. They look, they look wonderful. But, but from someone's like home camera, like on a guitar case, being yeah. like it looked really cool. And I was like, damn. But also if they only had it for, three months and sold it already or you know why is it back on the market How yeah m- were they asking below retail it was like two grand so it's same price because oh, i think those are two, not no i thought they were cheaper than two grand i think they're around two grand oh 
No. Yeah. I think they were asking 19. Oh. I know the P bases are up there above too. I thought the I thought the jazz base was fourteen hundred. No, I thought it was thirteen ninety nine in my brain. No, I think that's I know the Ventera series is around that price now. Huh. Yeah, for sure. Weird. Yeah, I think the I think the jazz base like the sixty six the seafoam green with the matching headstock and all that that's like twenty two hundred. No fucking way. Pull it up. Pull up the tapes. Um, but damn, it looked cool. Uh, it was the, I was temporary. It was confused. the uh, fire mist with the matching headstock, and I was like, "Damn, that's a cool color." Oh, that's just a hell of a combination. I know. You know what's? A, you know what else is a hell of a combination? Me and you. Me and you making Peanut this butter, freaking podcast. PB and J, dude. <laughs> PB and jams. And <laughs> as we as we as we wrap up this episode two hundred, yeah. which is already firmly into Beef Town, by the way. Oh yeah, it's getting dark outside. <laughs> got here like one o'clock. I've 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 got this just sort of list of questions i kind of want to maybe run through some of them it sounds like fun i haven't i haven't put any specific thoughts so it's not like i prepared any answers or okay. anything but i was just i just kind of had a little a little a little spitball sesh a little little brainstorm of just like some stuff that i was thinking through maybe we would want to have a little, little just a little conversation stimulator i love this kind of stuff, so man. first of all i want to start with a fact okay may 14th 2019 mm. does that date mean anything to you first episode that was the date we released our first Oof, episode that was fun I, re- I recall it well it was an overcast day thinking back to them mm-hmm. did you in any way did you think that we would still be doing this 200 episodes later no no in fact I wasn't sure. I mean, the pandemic, the fact that we were able to get guests mm-hmm. during the pandemic oh, yeah. is what, for me, kept the whole thing alive. Right. Because we could have easily just been like, all right, well, we can't meet up, so let's yep. just fuck it. Uh, we have you know five listeners or whatever, <laughs> you know, right. so probably a lot more than that. But um, but yeah, no, it, I, you know, I don't know. You start something, it's like starting a band. You're like, get together once a week and jam. You don't mm-hmm. really know how long it's going to last. That's a good call. I never someone, thought about it that way. Yeah, I mean, my Jake could call tomorrow and be like, I'm done. You know, I just don't feel like playing mm-hmm. drums anymore. I'm like, all right. You know, so not really. I mean, you know, short answer would be no. I'm glad it has, though. Me too. Yeah, I, I did. You You know, I was kind of and it's sort of tied into the next question that I was going to ask you, too. But I was thinking about sort of like. I don't think I had any I don't, I never really had any goals. Specific to it, it was sort of just like we're having fun doing this. Yeah, I have the gear to make it happen. Why don't we just like try it? Yeah. And so that's kind what, of, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just, like, it's always, it's always, it's only, it, I think it's, a, it's your, it's like a band or like any relationship where it's like, you have to actively keep choosing. Yes. It's not like it's like anybody's making us do this or, mm-hmm. or there's any like specific, although I, I do, I'll be honest. I do, in some ways, I don't know if obligation is the right word, but because I know that there are a lot of people out there that listen to this every mm-hmm. week, I do, I do feel like I think I would, I, I think I would feel like I was letting people down. Sure. If we didn't keep. Yeah, and I mean, I hope people are listening and enjoy it and stuff, right? You know, and we can see. I mean, we have the statistics. The the numbers keep growing. There are a lot of listeners out there, despite the zero advertising that we ever do for this thing. Well, and you know, that's the thing. I think if we had goals, I think it's easier to sink that ship because we're just like we're really just hanging out with microphones. Yeah, I mean, you write up some nice stuff, and Mm -hmm. I appreciate all the the write ups and stuff. So you know we have that to go off of, but like well, and you and we have segments, and that we well, yeah. know what to fit into. You do Dave's docs every week, yeah. like we have. We've settled into a groove. We have, but um, as far as like having like oh, if we don't 
make X amount of money by this point or if we don't get sponsors by this point, right. we're just not going to do it. It's like, well, why set those ceilings? Well, that's funny too because we actually got sponsors like very early on accidentally yeah. and like people giving us like coupon codes and shit, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it's like people just sort of reached out for that and, and that's never been the focus. You're right. That's never been our focus. No, and I think that's what keeps it organic and I think, I hope, that's what keeps people coming back. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and I know you do too and I... Sometimes they get it gets annoying when it starts to feel like it's too structured mm. in a way like with, you know, advertising and with like, right, you, you know, when the advertising jingle is going to come through and all. That yeah, stuff. That, and it just kind of breaks <laughs> it up weird and stuff. So, I mean, not that I wouldn't want to, like, get something back for this. That'd be yeah, nice. Exactly. But like, whatever. I mean, it's, it's it's not like a point of contention whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So when you think back sort from where we started to where we are now, I'm, I, I mean, look, not to. Not to jagger on wee wee's too hard, but like I'm going to be a little. I'm just going to be real in how I see things, and I think we've improved substantially. Sure, right? I think we're both we're both understanding much more of how to banter with one another, with how to do the whole podcast thing. Yeah, I used to hate my own voice. I still do. You don't have to edit this motherfucking <laughs> thing. True. But I wanted to ask you: when you think back through from where we started to where we are now, how do you feel like we've evolved for the better? Oh, I mean, I first and foremost is just, I think, the going back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's and again, this was another it's a weird question because you you have to throw the the pandy in there, too. Sure. Because we weren't able to look each other in the uh, eye. We yes. kept it going. But yeah, I think we've gotten a better repertoire now that we're back in person and we're just hanging out. It's so much. It's so much. It different. seems to me pretty relaxed. I mean, yeah. I hope it seems like that to everybody else, because this is literally how we talk if we're on mic or not. Yeah. So, you know, aside from like having some things to say, we're pretty much having the same conversation without the microphones. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I I don't think either of us really hold anything back. I mean, we have certainly I think we've settled into a tone or sort of like we don't want to be the podcast that, for instance, is just like talking shit all the time. That's that doesn't make either of us happy to like be like, oh, we're going to be this. We're going to who who can we get this week? Who can? Yeah. Who can we? No, nobody wants. There's enough bad shit in this world. So in that way, like, I think maybe that there's a little bit of a guide rail there. But otherwise, yeah, you're right. I I mean, we will say some shit if we have to get it off our chest. Which I'm pretty sure we have. We've even talked shit earlier in this episode. But but we don't have a segment dedicated to talking shit about people anymore. (laughs) We that long. Yeah. Long ago. We, we, I did like to talk shit about Sting, but that's punching up. You can, you can joking, talk shit about Sting. We're joking about Sting, which I will also <clears throat> love to give a few Sting a few jabs if I can. Oh, of course, any opportunity and to give him. Also out of jealousy. I mean, the guy's got a hell of a voice. You know, hell a hell of a life. Player. Yeah, hell of a bass player. Tantric sex. Dune. You name <laughs> it. Dune. Do you think, we, is there any way that you feel like we've, you maybe miss the way we did things or have we evolved for the worse in any ways? Uh, no. I mean, I don't feel... You know what's funny? I don't because like a lot of the podcasts I listen to are very just like people just talking, mm-hmm. and there's not a structure, stream, stream of consciousness. Sometimes they'll have like a sheet and they'll go down like topics in case it gets slow. But but we do this too, where if we just want to rant about stuff or or branch off, we of go ideas, for it. Yeah, yeah, we go for it. And we don't like shut it down. No, you know, we're not like we're not going to talk about this. That's my favorite it. stuff. That's that's the best stuff. So I hope we continue to do that. And uh, I hope we get looser even to do it. Obviously, the ones I listen to are like comedians and shit. So it's like that's their job. It's their job to rant and also be hilarious and entertaining mm-hmm. and all that. We don't have to be hilarious, although it is fun when we like to bust each other's balls and laugh a little bit. Love, love it. Love Dod- getting the ball. Little Dodfather, little Dodfather action. Always. Over here. 
Uh, but no, dude, I honestly, I, I'll be down if this is just, if this is it, let's just keep it going like this. I'm happy with it. it, man. I'm not bored. That's for sure. No, me neither. I, I feel, I feel it's in, in, in many ways, my life, jobs, relationships, whatever, I can often get that stale feeling and sure. I don't, yeah, I don't, I still, yeah. I still really enjoy doing this. Yeah, me too, man. So that's, that's nice. That's nice to hear. That's nice. Nice little, little circle jerk. Since we started. Mm. What's your favorite piece of gear that you've acquired? Oh, Jesus. Since since freaking May 2019. Well, that's got to be. An it's got to be. The, well, but okay. Not not the jazz master or I'm sorry. Little jazz bass. Uh, oh, no. The Les Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and, yeah. and to be fair, I. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have gotten that guitar, but how you and Mandy like worked together to like yeah. find the right one and surprise me with it. Um, was really one of the coolest moments ever in my life. I'm so glad that like it happened while we were actually recording and shit. I know. So that was fucking cool. Um, that was just man. That was. But just But that's this an year. easy one for me. What an up. What a, what a fun highlight for someone to go back and listen to listen to your yeah. birth, your birthday. I episode. can listen to my birthday episode. I mean, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's an easy one for me because honestly, I've gotten some cool gear. Um. I've gotten some fun stuff, but I I don't make huge purchases often enough to be like oh it was i can't decide like that's a pretty yeah. no-brainer the jazz bass was nice and i played it the other day and it's still fucking still, it still really nice. is i really every time i play it i almost feel bad for how cheap i got it mm-hmm. uh but what are you gonna do do your research listen, be a gear to, listen to gear buds what about you man oh. this is a harder one for you it's harder like. for me because yeah there's been a lot of lot came in a lot went out i think <clears throat> yeah i hadn't really again i didn't really prepare anything for this i didn't really sure. think it through as we're sitting here right now i mean while I'm pretty proud of the all the work and sort of relationship uh, I got to develop with Balthazar amps. Yeah, Balthazar delay and you know the, especially the Cabaret 13 where I got to Dude. even do sort of prototyping, beta testing work and give feedback that he incorporated into in, the final release and and just like how many? I mean, I've until recently that's been. If I'm plugged in, into an amp, that's been the amp that I've been plugged into. That's the one I've heard the most every time I come over here. You right. Know? And, and I would have to say, if I if I could have like a desert islandy kind of like or bedroom like awesome recording amp mm-hmm. slash even loud enough to play live if it's mic'd right, you know, like that kind of thing. That would be that's got to be up there. I kind yeah, I'm with the you, tone man. Is perfect. So th- that that's where my mind goes first. Yeah. You I bought mean, and sold a lot is, more gear than me. The thing is, I've had a lot of other stuff coming in and out, and and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the three thirty, because yeah, that's so cool. That it's a nineteen sixty eight Gibson ES three thirty. That was a sixty seven. The I think the base is the sixty seven. I, I I keep mis- <clears throat> mixing the EB two right and the 330 up i can't remember one of those is a 67 one is a 68 whichever one that i'm not that isn't the 330 that's also my honorable mention (laughs) here but that that guitar more than almost any other guitar i've ever bought first of all i think it's just like the coolest looking guitar i maybe own it's so fucking cool and that black refinish with the still original gold crazy parts yeah but also just the way that it it brought a completely different thing out in the way that I want to play guitar. Right. That's that's one of those things. That's why we do the show. That's one of those things where there is almost no dollar value you can associate if you love playing music and writing and just playing an instrument. 
yeah that inspiration that can Brings come with out. something like that that's yeah. intangible that that guitar point. brought out of me yeah, and still like does said. when i look at it let alone play it and by the way i am going to put those flat wounds on there for sure I oh decide, are you i decided that's going to happen oh yeah dude uh, maybe this week. Did you buy them? I have them, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about those. That guitar is it's the balls. Well, it's like you said, man. That's the whole idea behind this podcast. Mm-hmm. We the reason we're so obsessed with gear is because we're always writing, we're always creating. We want things to inspire us. If you get bored with something, sell it and get something else. You know what I mean? Like Or put it down and come back or to put it in it six down. months. Yeah, maybe don't sell it. But like put it down, get something else. But yeah, I mean that thing. And it's just so fucking cool. It's it's the it's that it's that cool sweet spot of of of, of like the, of three Venn diagrams, which are is it fucking cool? Yeah. Does it sound awesome? Yeah. And did I get a good deal? Yeah. And, right. and like and and, and it kind of checks all. Those, I it mean, does. like it was it wasn't cheap, but no. what I pay I paid less than what it's worth. A hell of a lot less than what an original one would be too because it's a refin oh my god yeah, yeah like which and you know me half I, all yeah. i own is refins basically well not true my guitars aren't refins but most my, of my stuff my is, is is most of i'm trying to yeah i've got Your some i've got some of both it's it? mostly original but yeah. i've got i've got yeah like my i mean the les paul has like the fan the finish taken off the neck and whatnot yeah but it's original black. mostly finish mostly original finish You're but right. that thing is just yeah i don't know there's just something extra extra cool because i always see those in like sunburst and shit and i'm like that's yeah, kind of cool or the, you know the cherry. That's the 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 sunburst is the one that you see all the time. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. has never been my favorite. No, I mean on, it's fine. on that guitar. It's cool and like it. You know, and I own a sunburst three thirty five. Right. So the which fact I also got since we started this podcast. Wicked frankly. black. You know, hollow body guitar is fucking. Dude, I that's I all my hollow bodies have come since we started this podcast. Really, I guess that is true. Wow. And I and even including the Gretsch, which I've also then sold. Yeah, that Gretsch rally. Holy shit. Yeah, I've been a lot of hollow bodies in my life. Forgot about the podcast. Gretsch. I was going to say this about the the Falcon earlier. We were talking about the, yeah, white, the, the white Falcon. Falcon. What if you bought that guitar for like seven grand or whatever it goes for? And what if it goes Peter, for Peter Greens? And it's got well, that's cool that it's Peter Greens. And if you're going to hang it on a wall in your in your man cave, that's fine. But if you go to play it and you're like, oh, this needs a neck reset, I'd be so pissed. Most dude. of them do. I, that's what I'm saying. Gretches you, are like you know. I don't even look at Gretches anymore because they just it bums me. I out. was just I can't remember what it was. I was just watching some YouTube video with. Dang it. It was some Gretsch expert. And he's like, yeah, they're all fucked. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, uh, or not all, but yeah, most to many. Well, the many ones that have most. been played are probably more fucked up. Like in, you know, or or less. Maybe the ones yeah, maybe the ones that haven't been played. Yeah. As much. yeah. It, it's it's a crash shoot, but I get you're right. If you get an old Gretsch, there's a very good chance it's you're going like to have to do the, some uh, serious work on it. It's like the Gibson acoustic thing. It's like there's a good chance it's going to need a neck reset. Maybe some new bracing. Yep. When you think back, I mean, we're, we can just spitfire on many different, a wide range of topics sure. these days. Gear and otherwise, or all gear related? Mostly gear, but, you know, some other stuff. I, can talk, I feel like I can talk Are there any, do you feel like you've, is there an area where you feel like you've made, you've learned a lot? You've had some major sort of leaps in terms oh, of your yeah, knowledge? Dude. Oh, yeah. Since what would that, where, where would that have been? The pedal world, for sure. Okay. Um... I would say the most out of anything, the pedal world. Yeah. Because I, dude, when we started this, I had my micro synth, which I got as like a gift from my mom when I was like, you know, 22 years old. Still, by the way, just one of the best gifts. (laughs) I love that thing. So cool. And I'm so happy that I unlocked somehow 
that with the Les Paul, that thing sounds fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it almost, it's at something about the hot pickups or something, but yeah. I like unlocked. I don't know. It's weird. You, you leveled up your life. I really did. Man, Cause I, that thing's just been in a box. And like the other day I played it and I was like, good God, it sounds awesome with this. Um, but yeah, pedals, but also learning about like fuzz first and like learning about pedal dude, order. I, okay. Pedal order is huge. I mean, I was driving the shit out of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not afraid to buy like a stomp pedal, like those the the stomp uh, Chicago stomp. Oh, the clones, yeah, yeah, the clone. I mean, I'm just like at least I know how to dial them in and get a right. good sound if I want to. So I'd have to say, yeah, out of anything, I mean, I've I've learned a lot about recording and stuff just from you know doing recordings and like all that stuff. Repetition, yeah, repetition of that. I still there's a lot I need to learn about like plugins and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say recording overall, but pedal world overall, I feel very confident in. Now. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a huge. That's a huge step up because that. That you're right. It does in in terms of unlocking things and opening doors. It's. I mean, that's like if you if you're an instrumentalist and you and you're just like I'm just a bassman and I've always just like had a one pedal guy and then you all of a sudden you just yeah you open this door yeah this for gold, good or bad golden door Sometimes. to so many sounds in dollars open the door to my wallet yeah exactly um, and, and all the moths but no I, I, that's the thing i've learned cobwebs I, fall out. i've learned a lot of too about like the similarities like you know you don't need two of the same thing and you can kind of like you can get certain sounds out of one and certain out of the other mm. but sometimes you can use one pedal for more than one thing and yeah so that's for sure that's for sure that's pedal. awesome yeah, yeah. i and love that not to say i have like some extensive pedal collection but i'm i'm very satisfied with what i have well it's right certainly now. ballooned your entire oh, collection dude. it's just like anything outside of bass has certainly grown quite a bit yeah, i would say absolutely since absolutely. we started this what about you my friend hmm i think i would honestly there are hmm there are, I, probably two things like I've always, and, and and there are two things that I've always really liked a lot, but because they're more your areas of expertise, I've just been able to learn a lot of things. And I would say that's just like, just base gear in general. Sure. I've certainly learned a lot more, especially older stuff because, you know, like we've talked about a lot, I like you became obsessed with gear through the musician's friend catalog early on. So I would just like <laughs> yeah. upset or I would uh, memorize everything that was in there. Yep. But I've learned so much about old base or older base stuff yeah, yeah, and sure. like boutique things that I just never would have come across because of you and, and v- different variants. But then also I would say even maybe even more than that because of you also just vintage Fender in general. Yeah. Like I knew vintage Fender amps pretty well and maybe even like tellies, but definitely bases I didn't know shit about. Right. And, and there were so many things that I've learned about like through the avenue of vintage bases that also apply to the guitars and, and such yeah. like, you know, slab boards or three bolts or yeah. these things. When like did that. they change this? When did they change that? When did those types of things yeah. happen that I've also been able to apply to some, some of my other sort of like admittedly lighter vintage fender guitar knowledge sure. that I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I just have a much more, a much wider understanding of all things, fender and bases. Since that's awesome, when we man. started this, it means which I'm is wearing off on you. Exactly, right? It is weird how some stuff just sticks, though. Sometimes, you know, in, in either of our cases, uh-huh. where you're like, you know, like for whatever reason, when it, when in 2009, when I started like really getting serious about like learning about vintage Fender mm-hmm. shit, especially basses and stuff. Isn't it funny how it that usually comes things. along with just like being able to afford it? It's like, oh, I'm interested now because all of a sudden I like maybe almost have enough money to buy, start buying these things. Yeah, well, I did. I mean, that was the thing. Yeah. I was I was just sitting on talk base, like, and I had that book, you know, the Fender Illustrated History of the Fender Oh, yeah, base, which, which I have like, borrowed and read. Yeah, for anybody out there interested, that's the, the it's the go-to for vin- everything vintage Fender base. But, um, well, it's, it's been like that with Les Pauls, dude. I mean, I with you, I didn't know Dick about... 
I didn't know that the SG was a Les Paul at one point. Right. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. And like the history of like bursts and all that stuff, dude. I mean, one of the first things we did was go to that guitar show. And play a burst. And play a burst. And I, I, I didn't really, I, the Amigo guitar show. I cared. Yeah. At the, uh, at the orifice or whatever that place is called. Odeon. The Odeon. (laughs) They should change the name. It did feel like a giant butthole inside. It was, it was a horrible, like a, horrible like a, place. There's like, yeah, that's where they do the bull riding, and that's the roller hockey part over there. <laughs> um, anyways, when it's funny now because I'm such a geek on Les Pauls now. Like, had this happened again, where you're sitting there playing that, one, I would have been like, I get to play it next, of course. And two, yeah, you didn't even want to. I remember you. No, I didn't. Like, no, I, don't, I, don't I just didn't care. I was yeah. like, and you know, again, you were even like, oh, it's too early for this. It was like ten in the morning or something. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. We're not. We barely had coffee. Um, but the point is, I think now I would have been really like, and really just like hold it and examine it up close mm-hmm. and really appreciate it for what it is. Um, just being such an old rare thing. So yep. yeah, I've learned to, sh- I mean, I didn't know what a volute neck was, you know, all that kind of shit. And I didn't know like how special that the new one that you have is because of all the different parts and like the way they've styled well, that it. one. I don't think you're alone. I feel like most of the world doesn't know how special I don't think they do. Man. I don't, and I've told people like, just from what you've taught me about the neck shape and the, you know, the, uh, the not even profile, the compound free, uh, compound radius fretboard. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. See, um, yeah, so it's been it's been cool that we've been able to just trade shit, and it hasn't gotten boring. I'll be honest. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, you know, for people who know or don't know, but like, we still text each other dumb listings all the time, oh, constantly. There are way more gear budding happens offline, Off, offline. than yeah. does on this show. Yeah, for it's sure. So funny, dude. Because it's like, it's nice to have a friend though that you can. I mean, you can like literally. I have no other friends that I can really talk to about this stuff. You're my gear bud. Yeah, and hopefully, and and I think that's why we exist on the internet yeah. because I think. I hope that we get to be other people's gear buds. Yeah, me too. And I, I hope people listen and, and want, and if they want to know stuff, send us stuff that you want to know. And like, maybe we can look up and learn something too, you know, cause we're always learning. I think is also the fun part about that it. is all. That's why I wanted to ask you that question because I feel like we could, we could do a whole month of episodes just about stuff we've learned. Right. It's like, oh, we, it's just been nonstop and it doesn't always all stick, but some of it I, I've been able to put into practice. And I mean, I've been able to get better at making this podcast sound good and just even sure. just life skills like that so I'm, I'm thankful for it but i'm also to your point i'm, I'm always looking to learn too so folks well that's send it send it our, our yeah way. that'd be awesome and send us questions and or ideas or whatever i mean i don't care if it's a freaking 12 string bass or something crazy like send it over like i want to see cool shit mm-hmm. i'm never above like i'm obviously we're kind of vintage snobs just because that's old cool shit that's harder to get mm-hmm. but i'm also not against the whole boutique world and i'm not against you know people who make their custom work and never. stuff like that i mean i think that shit is so cool and everybody's got different approaches and there's always new stuff to learn. So, you know, I'm definitely not like a, I'm not too boomered out yet. You know, I don't think so. We are gear boomers, but we're first and foremost, we are gear buds. Yeah. Open-minded, you know, I'd like to think so. And, and I can, I mean, what a beautiful place to end this. Yeah, I think man. there, I think that's where, where we should put a bow on this. That's good stuff. Beautiful episode 200. 200. Man, and if you guys really did listen to every episode, I mean, that's, yeah, that's you gotta let us know. And and I, I think I mean I feel like we asked that question maybe after a hundred or hundred and fifty, and we got some responses yeah, on that one. You're gonna get some drop offs at some point, you know. I get it, but I, I yeah, I'm I'm thankful for you, buddy. I'm Thanks thankful for, for you, sticking man. with me and Absolutely, for sticking dude. with this pod and, yeah. and all of our listeners ac- across the globe. Even though we make fun of their accents, especially <laughs> if they live in yeah. like the, su- the southern the part of the UK. Our and ladies, I apologize. I was not. Uh, we, we do it from a place of love. We do. And from a place of jealousy because we have stupid American Midwest That's accents. That's true. Yep. Sausage. So thank you again. And if you did make it all the way to the end of this absurdly 
deep Italian beef sandwich of an episode. Why don't you go make some music?